0: You're listening to the Black Girls With Purpose podcast, where we talk about faith, friendships, and feature boss women from the Black Girls With Purpose community. I'm your host, Brianna Lightfoot-Smith, founder and CEO of Black Girls With Purpose. Bianca Cotton is a wife, mom, author, self-proclaimed hope enthusiast, and the founder of Behind the Confident Smile, a movement on a mission to help women walk in love and heal from past hurt. Today on the podcast, she shares with us the inspiration behind her organization, why she d- has dedicated this year to eliminate silent suffering, and the role faith plays in her day to day life, both personally and professionally. This episode is a really great one, y'all. We touch on so many things, and so I hope that you have your notebook ready, and I hope that if you are listening in your car, you will go back and listen to this when you can get your notebook ready because she dropped some gems that are pretty amazing. So with all that said, let's hear from Bianca and from me. I'll be trying to make it into heaven though But you'll be trying to knock me off my course voices in my head screaming yolo yeah but you only die once too before we dive into today's lesson i wanted to invite everyone listening to subscribe to our email list so you can stay up to date on all black girls of purpose happenings this includes events promotions and personal notes for me you can do that by visiting blackgirlsofpurpose.org join and entering your email address into the form on the screen Also, follow us on Instagram if you're not already, at Black Girls of Purpose. We share encouraging posts throughout the week, and occasionally we will run social media contests for Black Girls of Purpose goodies. Now that we've got all our housekeeping items out of the way, let's turn to the episode for this week.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Bianca. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm super excited to talk with you today. Me too. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. So just a little bit of background into Bianca and my story. Um, I actually met her through my husband indirectly. So he designed a cover for a book that she published, and she sent it out to him when she finished it, and was like, "Oh, hey, you know, just want you to see the work that you did." And as I read the bio on the back of her book, I was like, I think this is somebody that it needs to connect with. And so I sent her a postcard from our Black Girls of Purpose organization, and was just like, hey, you don't know me, but I saw your book, and, you know, I, I identify so much with what you said, and I thought that they, and somehow we could get connected. And that was almost, what, a year ago? Yes, I, almost. Time flies. For our listeners, Bianca, tell them, like, beyond the bio, who are who are you really? Like, who is Bianca Cotton? How would you describe yourself?
2: <laughs> Great question. Um, the first thing that came to mind is bubbly, bright. Um, I'm a lover of people, uh, children, girls. My favorite color is purple,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: I... <laughs> royalty, right? But it, it wasn't always purple. I used to have about four or five favorite colors in high school. Uh, red, black, gray, um, and blue were like my combo. And I I grew up with uh this sense of greater purpose for my life. At that time I didn't know uh what the word purpose and calling really meant, Um, but I always had a sense of drive and motivation to be my best and it ignited a competitiveness in me. Um, Hence why I love sports, and I was heavily involved in sports too. So that's a little bit about me that you won't find on any website.
1: (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) So, what inspired you to start Behind the Confident Smile and what year was that that you started it?
2: Oh my gosh. So, we are in 2019.
1: It started in
2: 2017. Okay. How Behind the Confident Smile started was when I was on maternity leave and I was seeking God for my purpose and also like kind of begging, praying. I don't know if you have ever- a did that like, Lord, just please, like, Mm -hmm. I had those prayers um, because I wasn't ready to go back to work after having my first child. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was the experience of being home with her was being stripped away from me after three months. And I was like, I need another way to make money. And uh, (laughs) so I was going through that. And God uh, whispered to me, start writing, start blogging to encourage women. And I said, What does blogging have to do with making money? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not gonna help me make money. And <laughs> so I didn't do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> that was around March, April of 2017. I didn't do it, went back to work and experienced some traumatic events that were in June of twenty seventeen, Behind the Confidence Now was birth out of pain. <laughs> it was like it was like that was my push, like, okay, I'm gonna go back and be obedient to that word because I prayed again yeah. and he sent me right back to what he told me to do. So yeah. behind the confidence now started with me Um, blogging on um, WordPress. And I just taught myself how to blog and find the images to go along with the blog post that God would give me to write about. So that's
1: that's how it all begins. Okay. I love that you said I had to go back to that original thing that he told me to do, because that happens so often in our purpose that Opportunity is wrapped in obedience. And I think Michael Todd said that he was talking about David. And a lot of times we ask God for things, but we don't expect it to come through the method that he's telling us. So I just appreciate that you were like, okay, I still don't really understand how this yes. is relevant, but I'm just going to go ahead and do it.
2: Definitely. Uh- that is dead on, uh, and i found that to be true throughout my life. I'll pray for something, and it doesn't come how I think it should or want it to, and delaying my obedience, which is disobedience, and mm-hmm. I pray again, and God was like, well, I told you already. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, let me go back and do that because yeah. I'm not getting the next instruction if I'm not obedient to the previous one.
1: Yeah, that's so, that's, like you said, that's spot on. And so I know that you all do quarterly events. Um, where do you get your inspiration from your, for your events? And then what was the first one that you ever hosted? That is a mighty question. I would say Holy Spirit
2: is yeah. my inspiration, Um because that tells to too, how the first event was born. So after starting Behind the Confidence Now and I was blogging for about one month, God started giving me a bigger vision of, like, getting women together to talk about different topics and how this is. He wants this to be a movement of yeah. women to learn how to walk in love, live in hope and be healed from past hurts. And I was like, Me? You want me to do this? Yeah. Oh Lord, you know, I and sometimes we we um doubt what God put in us because yeah. I'm like, Do I pray enough? Am I doing enough? am, am I delivered enough? Like the so, the so, the thought of being enough, but God didn't ask us to be enough. He just asked us for our yes. Mm. So in July of 2017, he started speaking to me about meetups. And as I continued to listen throughout the month, he gave me the topic of fear and how he wanted me to get women together to release the release their fears before the new year. Mm. And our first um, meetup was posted December sixteenth, twenty seventeen and actually sixteen <laughs> women were there on December sixteenth. Wow. Um, and it was it was miraculous how it all came together because I had one friend, I I told I was like, This is what God wants me to do, but I don't really I don't even understand what he's actually asking me to do. How do I help women walk out of fear?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I'll, and, and Holy Spirit brought back to my remembrance that fear has um, tried to attack me all of my life and how it's, how it's always tried to trip me up and how he has shown me how to overcome it every time without me even realizing that was what was happening. So he took me backwards through my own journey mm-hmm. to give me the nuggets on how to help women release their fears. So, The meetup came together in less than six weeks. Um, I got a space, sat down and prayed and asked who should I ask for for a space, what day should it be, Um, how long should it be, who I should invite, what the workshop should entail, how I should facilitate the workshop, and literally it all came together. I had people reaching out to me like, hey, I would like to sponsor the refreshment. Because I had no budget, like literally no budget, and everything came together um, just like that, and that's how the first meetup went, and subsequently, the ladies who came to the first one was like, so when are you going to do it again? I had no intention in talking about fear again, like I had other topics on my mind, but... That's how the Release the Fear meetup series was born because the women asked. Yeah. And each time I prayed and asked God, what should the theme be for this one? And he would give it to me and show me the people to partner with to help facilitate that. And um, that's how the quarterly meetups got started.
1: I love it. I love how intentional you are in bringing the vision back to God, because I think, and we've talked about this offline, for me, he gives me stuff, and I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, there will be times I'm like, all right, I'm gonna run with it, and he's like, girl, I just gave you the first instruction. <laughs> you just gonna run with the, just the bare minimum? Like, there's more insight I want to give you, and so something I have always admired as we continue to talk about the different things you plan for Behind the confident smile is how you will stay in God's face until you feel like you've gotten what you need to move forward with the vision that he's giving you. And, you know, it reminds me even of the, uh, the Israelites when they were marching around the walls of Jericho and the first instruction God gave was like march around once every day and they could have stopped there, but then, you know, because they, because Joshua was like stayed until God was finished. He was like, and then on the seventh day, march around seven times. And, Just, like, from a transparent standpoint, I feel like that's why sometimes things I've done haven't necessarily been as successful as they could be is because I got the first instruction, but I didn't listen until the instructions were complete. Like, I've dealt with that recently. God gave me – he put it on my heart to serve in a particular ministry. So I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going. And he said, I told you to serve, yes, but this is not the season because you're about to have a baby. So, like – (laughs) If you had really sat and thought about that, you would have known that that didn't make sense. in my thing, I'm always like, but Lord, I just didn't want to be you know, I didn't want to have that delayed obedience like you were just talking about. And he's still working on me, but I think that you, um, I know that's one of the reasons that I'm so blessed to have you in my life is that I have that example from you on a day-to-day basis where you're like, okay, this was what he gave me, and we're not going to roll it out till December. I'm like, but it's it's January. That's a whole long time (laughs) It makes it that much more complete, you know, because you are able to spend that time at Jesus' feet and say, Okay, God, where would you have me to go with this? And I mean just the, the the complete questioning, like, Who do you want me to partner with? Where should it be? How long should the event be? I just love that.
2: Yeah, and I I'm I'm a very inquisitive person. Um, and God delivered me from perfectionism. But on the flip side of like being delivered from perfectionism, I entered into behind the confidence now completely walking by faith. I'm like, I I don't know how to blog. Yeah, hosting meetups. Like I I I love doing workshops and getting people together, but talking about this big enormous. demonic spirit called fear. Yeah. What? Like how do you break that down? So I literally would just sit and write, like, What? How do I talk about that? Yeah. Okay. What does that sound like? You know, how how do I articulate this? And who should I invite to this? And even as I was developing the meet each meetup, um, another level of fear was broken off of me. It's like killing that Uh, layers on the onions like I didn't know that was inside of me I didn't know I dealt with that insecurity I didn't I didn't know I was a tad bit impatient in this area like it really started exposing uh, myself and my heart as I continue on this journey yeah
1: I love that Uh, What would you say has been one of the most powerful moments you've had with the women you've been able to connect with since since the start of your organization? Oh, um, a few.
2: One, One that comes to mind is there's a common thing. No matter who comes to the events or who reads the blog post, there is a sentiment of I am not alone. Mm-hmm. Every time I and it every time it amazes me because it really shows me not to take for granted my relationship with God and what He has revealed to me and what I have come to understand and know. Yeah, um, but that I am not alone, that I'm not the only one who has experienced fear in various ways in my life, and that I don't have to suffering silence. That I don't have to live in isolation. That I don't have to be de- uh, succumb to depression. And so, having women to say, "I'm not by myself. I can do this. I can. I can walk in purpose. I don't have to be afraid." Yeah. Like if if you can do it, and you shared your story, and you, you're married. And how are you able to balance all of this? Like, if you can do all of this, I can at least do one thing, which is walk out <laughs> of fear. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, that's that been my biggest takeaway. Hearing women um, continuously say that they finally realize that they are not alone because that is a trick of the enemy when it comes to fear to make you feel like you
1: are the only one experiencing
2: yeah. what you're experiencing.
1: Yeah, definitely. What what is a moment that you've had with, whether it be at any of your events or as you spoke on maybe reading your blog comments, where you thought to yourself, this is why I do this work. Like, I can see why God called me to this. I see why this was a part of my purpose. I love those moments.
2: Um, One moment... One of my cousins, uh, I asked her if she can come to help. She was a a teen, and after one of the events she helped me with, I texted him, like, hey, thank you so much for your help. I really appreciated you and the time you gave. You know, did you learn anything from today? Did you take anything away? Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And she was like, yeah, that." Um, grown women have fears too. Wow, and she was like, I could kind of relate to what you all were saying. Mm. And in that moment, I was like, This is this, this is it, like, this is purpose. Yeah, um, th- to let her know in her teenage years, you are not alone.
1: Yeah,
2: and hopefully. Um, that sticks with her because of seeing was planted in that day.
1: I love that. I think anytime you can connect with teenagers is always a blessing because, especially in today's day and age, they're they take in so much more than what they give in terms of like information. Right? So, thinking about social media, they may post on social media once per month, once per week, but they're taking it in multiple times per day. And so just to know that you're – that they're learning something is really powerful, I would imagine. And then I also think what's cool is that you even took the initiative to ask, hey, did you learn anything today? Because sometimes we dismiss those who are younger than us, like, oh, you – you're just here to help with the snacks or whatever the case may be, but you provided a door for y'all to continue that conversation and just continue relationship building.
2: Yeah, it was it was powerful. I just thought of another moment um that was definitely uh purpose filled for me. Just um hosting release well, the field workshops. I've had different people who have expressed interest with having me to come into their already established groups and hosts Release the Fear. Um, And one particular awesome woman um, brought me into her nonprofit where she focused on the arts and exposing um, black and brown children to the arts and underserved communities. So I did a Release the Fear workshop with freshmen and sophomores in high school. Uh, and the focus was we use photo to help photo and poetry and journalism to help them release their fears. So they were uh, tasked with taking pictures of what they are afraid of or um, what they've seen people afraid of and write about it. And and they had a, a expo. And afterwards, we had a discussion about fear and what does it look like in their life, and how can we overcome it together? And for me, that was so powerful because God has been speaking to me about children and teenagers and how to take this beyond just focusing on women. Yeah.
1: So as I listen to you talk about your different experiences, I'm reminded of Proverbs 18:16, which says a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. Um, I think that you took that first step right back in 2017, and since then, God has continued to open doors for you. Um, where, what is the most ex- Surprising place you found yourself as a result of your obedience. Were you like, Lord, really? Like you were saying earlier, like, <laughs> hey, you want me here? Yeah, oh, I will say. I,
2: so I'm also a poet. Okay. Too. I like poetry, and that gift has opened. A door for me as well. I had an opportunity to be one of the featured poets for um, a nonprofit organization fundraiser, and there was five of us that was featured. And you know, usually when a person go, when a person is asked to go last, is because they want you to to um close after event with power, right? right? So when I arrived and they gave me the orders like, we want you to go last and I was like, What? <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, again, back like back to what I said before I speak, I always ask that what do you want me to what do you want me to talk about? So I prayed before I wrote my piece for this event, and I wrote it like a day or two before, so it was really fresh, and I, I was like, okay. A little bit of nervousness set over. I was like, I really hope this goes well, yeah. um, and I'm going last now. Oh, man. You, so I gotta, I'm sitting listening to each poet go. yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, okay. What I'm saying is very different, but I know that God called me to be unique. So we are. The event was in a like a a cool, ritzy slash low key um bar slash restaurant on the north side of Chicago. Okay. And I'm on the stage and. Speaking, and the entire side of the restaurant that we had went quiet, and they were just listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, it really showed me how um, my gifts make room for me. Yeah. And afterwards, how different people started coming up to me because of what I was talking about in my poem. I was like, man, I can't relate to what you were saying, Or i got to figure out how to use the gifts that mm-hmm. are in me to help people. Because that was a part of my piece, calling folks to action, not just sitting on the gifts that are aligned within them, but to do something with them, to activate them and help other people. Right. So I had uh, all ages coming to me, younger and older. And one older lady approached me and was like, "I know how to knit." And I was like, well, teach kids how to knit?" She was like, "You're right. I can do that." Mm-hmm. And it was it was like the simplest piece of encouragement
1: yeah. in my
2: eyes, but really lit her up. Yeah.
1: So it, it's. That was an opportunity
2: that really uh, showed me where God wants to take me.
1: Yeah. That's such a perfect transition for this next question, which is, I'm going to actually make it a 2 question. So what is your long-term vision for Behind the Confident Smile? And then what do you feel is your long-term vision for Bianca Cotton? Ah. Gosh, that's almost one in the same, but not.
2: <laughs> so I'll start with um, my long-term vision for me, who I am. I've always had a fascination with traveling the world for yeah. as long as I can remember. And what I'll be doing traveling the world has changed and evolved over the years. I really desire uh, for myself and my family to travel, go to different nations, and just soak up um, people's cultures and, and be with people. And also, I love developing youth programs and writing curriculum, so helping people to understand, like, how do you write? How do you develop a program? How do you build something from the ground up? Um, how can we make this sustainable and have community buy-in? Um so that's one that's a big piece of my long term vision and how Behind the Confidence now fits into that now is I see this as a um worldwide movement. Uh when I think of when I think about Behind the Confidence now, it's almost, I think about Pinky Promise in a way, how um, Pinky Promise, who's led by uh, Heather Lindsay, is different chapters across the world and how they yeah. have Bible studies and conferences, and it's just like an ever-evolving thing. Yeah. I see Behind the Confidence now, like that, where there are different um, groups, around the world who come together and they are walking with each other in love and living in hope and um, just being filled with purpose and our accountability groups to help people get to where they want to go and where God desires them to go. So that's how I see it um, for the long term.
1: Well, I'm inspired just listening to that. I love the accountability (laughs) part, too, because it makes me think of the small groups we have at church, where you may be a part of a larger body, but within your small group, people know what it is that you're struggling with, and they can follow up and say, okay, sis, like last time you said you were going to take the leap of faith and quit your job and start your knitting business, you know, what's the latest that's happened with that? Because I think especially, there's just something about when women do that, that makes it even more powerful to me. And of course, I'm biased because I am a woman, but I think even part of it, I think, is because we are typically shown to be more competitive than collaborative. And so when I'm in spaces where women are uplifting one another, they're holding each other accountable, they're pushing each other forward in their purpose and in their dreams, then it's just it's it's like there's no other place I'd rather be. Yes, it and, and having and
2: hosting a meetup, I've seen that like we've had um handful of women that have come to the majority of the meetups and I think I've had two or three women who's been at every single one wow. And from the first time right or that's to me that's a blessing first of all for them to trust what God put in to me to show up every time and yeah. invest in themselves in that way but to be able to witness their chance trans- from, from the start to now there's someone who shared their testimonies, how them releasing a fear and coming out that first time they started their organization. They finally released their fears that they've had for so many years to do what they felt called to do. Uh, we've had women sharing their testimonies of how they finally, wrote the they finally sat down to write the book it's It's amazing, and um, it gives me chills thinking about it and i I remember a friend prophesying to me telling me that um God says that I'm a male wife, and I definitely have seen that mm. the fruit of that labor with different women that I um have a privilege to get to know to to
1: push them to birth purpose, yeah. I love that. So I know that release this year has been, y'all, seen since the beginning, so 2017. <laughs> and, and But recently you all um, came out with something else called The Silent Sufferer. And so tell me a little bit about that. Yes, I love The
2: Silent Sufferer. So, again, back to prayer, uh, because that's where all of this stems from. God told me last year to focus on those who suffer inside. And I actually wrote a four part um, blog series last year called The Silent Sufferer. And He took me back to that. Even when I look at my website and see what people click on the most, mm-hmm. those Silent Sufferer blog posts are still the most viewed. Okay, wow. And I know what, and so <laughs> but oh, okay. So this year, um we hit the ground running with the silent suffer in January. Um we hosted weekly phone calls on Wednesday evenings for anyone who wants to dial in and talk about what their suffering and silence went. Um and just really having a safe, courageous face, to say, you know what, this is what I've been suffering with. This is what I'm dealing with. I'm tired of being quiet about it. I'm ready to take the next step, um, whatever the next step means for me in my life, to no longer be silent about my suffering. So that was an amazing time to really be able to uh, minister and pour into women uh from different backgrounds and talking about different topics but how we all came together to support and pray for one another. Um and as a result of that uh January I'm planning for a break the silence workshop in April that is geared towards helping women to really focus on, okay, now that we have identified we want to break the silence, how do we do that? And I'm using a workbook that I created last year called Releasing the Fear Every Day, and it has steps in it that I'm going to take the women through to go step-by-step how to break the silence and release their fears and insecurities and anxieties that they have around taking the next step in their life.
1: I love it. I know I keep saying I love it, but I do. (laughs) That's just how I feel. (laughs) It's okay. No apologies. What word of encouragement do you have for someone who's listening that identifies as a silent sufferer as well? Mm.
2: Trying to put myself back in those shoes when I was suffering in silence. Um, What I was The first word of encouragement is to know that you are loved and to not allow stress to literally kill you or kill you emotionally and spiritually because there's so much in you, so many gems, so many abilities, so much purpose that without you here on this earth, we will not be blessed with your gifts. And so in order to be blessed with your gifts, we must do the, the heart work is what I call it. The mm-hmm. heart work is hard work, but it's so worth it to get our heart right and our minds align with what God has called us to do. At first, we start by admitting that I'm suffering in silence, and really dig into prayer and your word, and build a community of people um, that you can trust around you. Either you find them at church or in small groups that you can do life with as you walk this journey. That's um, very important.
1: Yeah, I think that that community piece is so key to breaking the silence because I think. Sometimes we get a little overwhelmed because we're like, am I supposed to just stand on a mountaintop and tell everybody, this is what I'm <laughs> with. It's like, no, you right. one or two people who you've built up that trust with and, and just having them a part of your journey will bless you more than you can believe, but it also will probably bless them because they may be suffering with that same thing. Yes, and that's what I've come to find
2: um, in having those one or two people that I confide in is that after you start confiding in them, they start to confide in you and you build that mutual trust and respect around sharing. And so when you're having a rough day or you don't want to get out of bed, which I've experienced before, or you like, I just want to quit this, but God is telling me not yet, that's, these are the trusted people that you've built a relationship with that you can say, you know what, can you pray for me? I'm not doing too well today and this is why. Um and they may say, You know what? I haven't been well either. So you all are holding each other accountable in prayer and taking your concerns to the Lord together. That's such a beautiful um such a beautiful thing and it releases burdens upon you from trying to carry weight that you don't need to be carrying by yourself.
1: As you were saying that, uh, something that popped in my head, I'm going to give credit to the Holy Spirit, was that confiding builds confidence. Like you have this organization called Behind the Confident Smile, and it's all about confiding in others and telling them what you're dealing with. And as you confide in others and you release those fears and you decide not to be a silent sufferer, it really builds your confidence.
2: It does. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for that because, you know, I, it depends on how you grew up, how you were raised, if you were born in the church like I was or not. Um, but a lot of times people would just say, pray about it. Yes. And at a young age, they used to bother me, and I didn't understand why, but it did. <laughs> and so as I got older, I start to understand why it rubbed me the wrong way when people would say, Oh but just pray about it. It's it's almost you not recognizing that I'm saying I'm hurt. Yeah. Or or that I'm I'm having a hard time right now. Yeah. And 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 being okay with sitting with me in my suffering. Yeah. Versus just telling me to pray about it when Maybe I don't even know what to say. I don't yes. even have the words to say because that's when when you are suffering in silence, it can almost feel like your whole world is black. Yeah, and, and it's it's hard to focus. It's hard to concentrate. So to be instructed to say just pray about it. Yes, prayer is awesome. We need the lifeline, but sometimes you need somebody to jump. In it with you to pray yeah. with you and for you for that the light to start to come back into you, yeah. Um, and that takes community, it does.
1: So right now I'm going to transition to our quickfire questions, which I, I, I'm probably going to have to figure out a different name for them. Because uh, <laughs> it's like they're not necessarily quickfire. A lot of them are very deep, but they're just questions that we answer. We ask everyone who comes on the podcast. So my first one is um, on the podcast we're known for talking about faith, friendships, and featuring phenomenal women. So how did you come to Faith in Jesus Christ? And you touched on it just a little while ago saying that you actually grew up in the church but what was the more in-depth story behind that and then i also know based on some as somebody who also grew up in the church you like know jesus but then there comes a point where you know him for yourself so when do you feel you came to know the, the church. church oh so it's it, it levels to it yeah the uh,
2: first level the, yeah the first level of coming to know jesus for myself is, I think I was a junior or a senior in high school, and my pastor at the time was like, you know, show a and write on the envelope whatever you want God to do. So I think I sold a dollar or five dollars, one of those. That's all I had in my pocket. Okay. And I wrote on the, I wrote on the envelope, I want to go to college for free. Mm. And <laughs> I wrote that in faith and it I graduated undergrad with no debt. I pray so I know, right? That'll have to be a whole other story. But I that was when the like my friends were like, Okay, this God thing is real, you know, yeah. just so in the street thing works. Yeah. And then in college. I met the awesome pastor and first lady and I went to their um, church all four years in my college and God started to really show up there. But my breaking point was when I went to Kenya on the exploratory missions trip and it was supposed to be two weeks long. This was in 2013. And it lasted, I ended up being there for seven weeks. What? Wow. <laughs> yeah, um, because of a series of events. Um, one, we made it to the air the airport. They were checking us in and told us they couldn't check us in because we were late, and so we missed that flight. Um, and then we came back and tried to rebook our flights. They said there was no flights for another five weeks. And then a day or two later, the airport terminal burned down and it made it to world news because it was an international airport.
3: <laughs> what? <laughs> in <the world. laughs> yes.
2: Oh, that's a much longer story. But I gave you, you know, the bullet points. Uh, in that moment, that's when my ears and my heart really became more open to Holy Spirit because I was on a two-week exploratory mission trip that turned into seven weeks, and seven is the number of completion. So I came back a new being, okay. literally. Um and And God really showed me myself in Kenya. I'm surrounded by people who prayed about everything all the time, mm-hmm. and it really started to get into my flesh. I was like, "Do we have to pray again like
3: <laughs> <laughs> I' learned
2: what the scripture means: Pray without ceasing. I really understand that um. And I understand what it means to yield to the Holy Spirit, and that trip really turned my life around. so I would say that was that was my point of no return of being in relationship with God for real wow,
1: that is. See, that's why I said. It can't be, it can't be called a Fire because that was so many levels. Now I feel like I got to talk to you more and be like, "That's this airport break burning down.
2: Yeah, uh, electrical wiring issue. <laughs> Cause people thought it was a terrorist
1: attack. And I was like, no, it's on the news. No terrorist attacks. Wow. Wow. And it's like, okay, well, if you were uncertain about whether you should be here in the U.S. or if you should still be in Kenya, and he's like, I'm going to make it Christmas I'm burning all the bridges. <laughs> like, there is no. I mean, all
2: the bridges and the plane. He's like, how do you have no two seats or no airplane for five weeks? No, it was wow. like, well, you know, you all flew through the Middle East and it's Ramadan season, so people are going back and forth from Pittsburgh, to to and we like, what? <laughs> are you kidding me?
3: <laughs> <laughs> i
2: wow. say you, you got, this has got to be a joke. This is a prank.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm sure you still have strong relationships with some of the people you went on that trip with.
2: Oh, yeah. I talk to them often. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Because it's like this, that's, one of those, that's one of those things where it's like you had to be there to believe it, and so I can really only talk about it with the people who were there. <laughs> yes. So that's how you came to know Jesus. I love that you said that there are levels, because there are always levels we are always growing in our relationship with him. But what role do you feel like faith, because I feel like that's almost faith as a noun, right? So what, do you, what role do you feel like faith as the verb plays in your life on a day-to-day basis? Oh, Both,
2: and, but. personally and professionally. cool, professionally a lot. Oh, more than I thought I needed. Um, yeah. Seriously, I, I. It's I don't I don't know if people talk about it often enough, but it was a time in my life where I would try to get to work early just to get there to pray at my desk. Mm hmm. And. When I did that, when I was consistent with that, I saw the environment shift. Wow! So faith, faith plays a role in my professional life so deep because Holy Spirit will guide you to the people you need to talk to, to get answers from. I even down to today, there were conversations I was having with colleagues, and I was like, oh, this is perfect timing. This is perfect timing. And I was mm-hmm. like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> because, you know, I I was listening to, okay, you have to do this today. Like, have yeah. this conversation today. I put this burden on your heart for a reason. I put this concern on your heart for a reason. I'm allowing you to see certain things for a reason. I need you to say them. I need you to speak up. Yeah. and." Lately, the conversation has been, "Oh, that's a good idea. This is perfect timing. That's mm-hmm. nothing but God. I cannot take credit for that."
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, in my personal life, it's a day to it's a day to day journey, similarly to professionalism. Just praying for my husband. Okay, Lord, my two year old daughter is. Um, having challenges with going to sleep, Lord. We need her to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> help us. We want to sleep. You know, yeah. or she, I don't understand half of her language. What is she say? Like, help me decipher. So <laughs> yeah. it really Yes, it plays a a role into that. Oh, Lord, help me to be more patient. What is my husband trying to articulate to me? Because maybe I'm not listening how I need to be listening. Or um, maybe I shouldn't drive so fast. Like, um, just just day-to-day
1: decisions. So, yeah. Uh, it makes me think of Proverbs 3, 5, like, trust the Lord, with all your heart, lean on your understanding, but then in going to 6, um, in all that ways, acknowledge him, and he will show you which path to take. And it literally says in all. So I love that you said you pray about your yeah, baby and her speech or your, her going to sleep, because I have definitely had those prayers where it's moments where I wake up and I'm like, okay, Lord, we've got to have our quiet time. We've to get it in. And then I'll hear Jaden crying, and I'm like, wait, Lord, no. Like, this is me. This time. (laughs) And I'll I'll say, like, Lord, please let this baby go back to sleep. And there will be days where he does. I'm like, look at you, Yes, I know. And it's
2: even down to pregnancy, right? So I'm currently six months pregnant. And at the beginning of this pregnancy, I declared that I wanted to be the fit. The fittest mom I know, so almost like a me versus me thing okay. um and ever since I made that declaration of my pregnancy, it's like God gives me extra strength
3: mm-hmm.
2: when i when I exercise. I may be tired when I go, but I leave full of energy mm-hmm. and awesome i Yesterday, it was a young lady who was struggling, um, and I'm the only pregnant woman, like, in the group that I work out with, and she was having challenges, and I was encouraging her, like, come on, you can do it, you can do it. And my husband always juggled me. He was like the pregnant lady encouraging. <laughs> encouraging people. I was
3: like, yeah, you know, I can do
2: it too. And so just just being a light in every space that I enter um, and showing God's light and that yes, we don't have any excuses for why we can be healthy. If I can do it, you can do it. If you can do it, I can do it. We can do it together. This is is not a judgment zone. And and really encouraging people on on this health track because, I want to be able to do what God calls me to do.
1: Yeah. So in order
2: for me to do that, I need to be mindful of what I see in my body. I need to be mindful of how much rest I get, how much water I drink. Am I exercising? Is my spirit right? Is my mind clear? There are so many components to
1: help. Yeah. So. And I think, yeah. all, of that ties into, I think all of that ties into living purposefully. So. Uh, and, it, and it ties back to that community piece. So how do you feel like your friendships and your community play a role in you walking in your purpose daily?
2: Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> they they hold me accountable. I don't know if they realize it in moments. I do um, my best to acknowledge um, them and let them know thank you for holding me accountable, but... I'll say this is what I wanna do. They'll check back in on me. How's that going, Bianca? Oh, uh, okay. Do you need help? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I do need really help with that. And it's, it's nice to have friendships where you know people will check in on you. So yeah. I wanna be able to give a good report. Yeah. Because I, that, I know they're going to check in on me. And if I'm unable to give a good report, I know I got a, a good reason for why. Right. Um, because life does take its course. But it's like, you know, they're counting on me, I'm counting on them, and we hold each other up and push each other forward.
1: Yeah. I think that ties in so perfectly with even, like, with me, I ha- I definitely have friends that I will say, hey, this is what's going on with me, this is what I'm doing. But then beyond that, I also have um, specific, like, goals that I'll share on the podcast because that holds me accountable. And I I remember the first time I started doing the monthly updates on the podcast, and I said, hey, yeah, we're going to start a nonprofit. And then the next month I was like, hey, y'all, don't really have an update with that. Not going to lie, but – (laughs) <laughs> it pushed me to have an update the next time. Like you said, you want to be able to say, "Oh, yep, we're we're this far along." And so I think um, we we keep talking about the importance of community, and I think that that plays such a a powerful piece because I think it also encourages others who are in your same community one to be transparent like you're being, but then also to um, recognize what it is that they want to be pushing for. Because I know when I'm surrounded by women who have goals and aspirations, then it's like, well, shoot, if I don't have some, I'm about to get some really quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly,
2: right? And, and then how can I lend my support to you? You know, yeah. what can I do to help push you forward?
1: Yeah, um, so who are some of the phenomenal women in your circle? And these might not necessarily be people that you're friends with, but people that you see on a regular basis or people who you've connected with through different events or whatever, insert whatever thing scenario here. Who are some of the phenomenal women in your circle?
2: Oh, man. It
1: has been
2: so many since be- this now started. But I, I will tell you, there is one. And she, I call her a genius. I, I won't reveal their names because some of them
3: okay. it's like
2: their identity. But I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I call them. So one is a genius. I call her a genius. She literally um, built my website from scratch. Okay. So when when we met, and I told her what I was doing, she was like, "Let me know if you need help." And I was just like okay, just a complete stranger I met yeah. at another friend's birthday party yeah, you know, yeah. help me. And that was a faith walk in itself because at the time I wasn't that trusting to new people. Yeah. Um, Because I had just came out of a season of failed friendships and I was mm-hmm. just like, I don't want to start over type of thing. Yeah. Um, but she really was consistent with me, and God started to show me, no, this is a person I'm putting in your life. Mm-hmm. This is a divine connection. This is somebody I need you to talk to. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. So to this day, she's still a wealth of knowledge and I have so much appreciation for people who build websites because we literally sat down together and mm-hmm. four to five different sessions as she was building my website. I was sitting right next to her. <laughs> so I, I know what it what it takes to build it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know all of this. Uh, goes into it. I found yeah. her my pusher too because she pushed me to do the first release of fear and I was like, can I do this? I wouldn't yeah. go this. It's like yeah. six weeks away. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You can do it. So that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, another woman who I happened to meet last year that way of a professional relationship, she has been a wealth of knowledge um, for me and almost I call her my mentor because she helps me with professional and like gives me ideas for behind the confidence now too. And we meet mm-hmm. for coffee and we sit and we talk and we talk and we talk <laughs> and yeah. so much comes out of it for the both of us. Um, and she actually came to, to meet meetups of mine and brought okay. um, her daughter to one of them. Her daughter uh, is a, a senior in high school, so that's one lady, and then I have my creator. She's a, I mean, anything she touches, she can make look pretty. I don't want wow. you to understand. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. her, her, she's just creative. Like, yeah. her hand is
3: just,
2: that's how she's, she's got the vision. Yeah, and she brings joy into my life. I didn't yeah. realize that I needed somebody in my life who laughs. Yeah, like yeah. who just laughs. Yeah, her laughter brings joy. Yeah, to me. Um. Oh my gosh, my mom is one too. Like she's been a a steady rock, a steady yeah. pillar uh, in my life, and she has joy too that just supersedes. Obstacles, and I'm just like I don't know how this lady is still smiling. Yeah, (laughs) and and it's it's beautiful and her creativity. She loves to knit and knit hats and scarves. So I Mm -hmm. don't go one winter without a new hat Mm -hmm. or scarf set. Like I just don't have to buy hats and scarves anymore. So. And, and and I would say you too, like you really, you were dropped into my life just like mm-hmm. how these other women were. Um, While well, I was born from my mom, I dropped into her life. But just just your genuineness and the love that you give to me and the time um, that you share with me, I value it. I was
1: like, she actually likes talking to me mm-hmm, too. <laughs>
2: I was like, this is like genuine. And and, and I'm saying all this about these different women because to be completely honest and transparent, relationships with women has not been my strong suit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I laughed. I literally laughed when God told me to start meeting with women and blogging to encourage Mm -hmm. women because I was just like, I've had struggles with this. Yeah. (laughs) But, and and being obedient, he has been restoring healthy relationships into my life that can help me um, through life and just help me in the different seasons I'm in, even around being a a first time mom and being a wife. I have another friend, she is just awesome. We'll text back and forth. She's a mother of four, and she
3: homeschools,
2: wow. and she's a wife. So our communications mostly are via text, but I appreciate them so much. She drops yeah. so much wisdom on me all the time, um, and always we're always willing to be that listening ear through text for each yeah. other. So just the different um, pillars and the. Uh, gems that have come into my life. I'm so grateful Yeah. for each and every one. I love that everybody plays a different role. Yeah. And I've come to really value that on a deeper level. Everybody yeah. has a role. Everybody has different gifts and that helps you to level set your expectations as well as a woman entering a a relationship, a friendship with another woman. It's like, you know what? I may live in a different state. This is what I can offer to this friendship. You know what? I accept that because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what you have, I need a little bit more of that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And hopefully I can share a little bit more of what I have that you need too. So really valuing what people bring to your life.
1: Yeah. That's fantastic. My next question is, what does it mean to you to be a black girl with purpose? Oh,
3: I
2: oh, black, black, black. So, I grew up kind of black power.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and,
2: unapologetic for it, uh, knowing my history and know that I come from royalty
3: mm-hmm.
2: really set the stage for me early in life. But being a black girl with purpose is so powerful because I get to add to the ever-evolving narrative of how black girls and black women are perceived and I looked at and I mm-hmm. appreciate it in our society and in our world that we, too, can do it. We, too, have done it. Um, And we are, we don't have to strive to be perfect. Yeah. Because we were created in perfection and acknowledging one another. And like you said earlier about collaboration, collaborating with other black girls with purpose yeah. or brown girls with purpose or even white girls with purpose. Mm-hmm. Hey, girls are girls, right? Yeah. But there's something about being amongst black women who have a vision and how we can change communities and use our voice, um, our powerful voices that roar. It's, it's I just love it. I love it. I love seeing all the shades of us. I love all the shapes of us, Mm -hmm. all the gifts um, that we bring and really encouraging us to continue to shine and shine bright and not be fearful of what people may say about you. Yeah. Because they didn't create you, right? I I can't really have an opinion about something that I didn't create.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What would you say is the hardest part about walking in your purpose, specifically for Black women? Cool. Uh, what? So,
2: back to the collaboration piece. Knowing that your purpose, what you carry, is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. So being okay with, and this is a lesson I have learned, being okay with that everyone will not buy into what you are sharing and the message that you carry. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that the people who need to hear what you have to say, they will hear it. Your tribe will find you. So not comparing yourself to another, but knowing that our, all of our messages connect, but we have different target audiences, and mm-hmm. that's okay. So um, I find that sometimes challenging just simply reaching out to other um black girls and women saying, Hey, this is what I'm up to and it's like, Oh, they didn't respond mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and you and sometimes wondering in the back of your head, why was it like that? I think yeah. so well and and how doubt tries to plan a seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my encouragement for all listeners is don't doubt yourself or what God placed in you. Know that whatever he gave you is for a specific purpose. A yeah. purpose, person, and population, um, and that's not for everybody, and it's okay.
1: That's great insight. What would you say to someone who doesn't know where to start to find their purpose? I <laughs> don't know where to start to find
2: it. I'm a big believer. And going back to childhood, so
3: mm-hmm.
2: asking God to bring back to your remembrance what did you enjoy about growing up or mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. what was what was the thing you did naturally sometimes yes. you don't remember, but Holy Spirit can remind you yeah what you did naturally as a child, and that can lead you to your purpose. What did your parents I always talk about when they talk about you. What did your mm-hmm. teacher say about you? so I remember a teacher calling me a gym in fifth grade. That's what he wrote on the back of my report card.
3: Mm-hmm. Bianca
2: is a gem. And I remember um, my parents' friends calling me a leader at a young age. Bianca's yeah. a leader. She does what she want to do, like out I've remembered all of these things, and I look at what I'm doing now, and it still rings true. Trailblazing, being a leader, um, helping others. Yeah. So what are the things that people said about you, and those can give you clues to your purpose, and then start to drill down into that. What does it mean to be a leader? I've always danced and seen, while wow, you know, Am I singing now? Am I dancing now? Am yeah. I still drawn to that? Like what are you drawn to? And that can help lead you uh down the path of your
1: purpose. Yeah. And I think it ties into passion too. Like I think um even if even as amongst believers we know that our purpose is to know God and have others know him. But it's like what, what are the passion that he's given each of us is unique and how we're going to fulfill that ultimate purpose. So mm-hmm. what you're talking about ties in with that directly. And even thinking about passion not necessarily being something that gets you excited, but also what makes you sad. Uh, because for me, thinking of teen girls committing suicide the way that I contemplated when I was younger, that breaks my heart. That makes me want to do something, and so that's obviously something that I'm passionate about, and that's the way that God has showed me this ministry, that he was like, okay, so that bothers you. It's almost like he was my therapist. He's like, so that bothers you. Why does that bother you? Well, what would you like to do about that? And, And through that, I was able to say, well, it bothers me because I've been there before, and what I'd like to do about that is let them know what you said earlier. You're not alone. You don't have to go through this, and this is not the end. My mom always told me, this is not the end of your story, and No matter how dark the days may have seemed, there was always a part of me that was like, but what if she's right? Like, what if I go through with this and I miss out on something? So I always try to encourage every girl I meet, every woman I meet, to just let them know this is not the end of your story.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like a burden.
1: So, yeah. And mm-hmm. some
2: people have more than one burden. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other conversation. Like when you have multiple burdens. Yeah. Like I I feel as though I have more than one. I was like, okay, Lord, well, which one do you want me to
3: focus yeah. on Because
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have a burden for seeing people walk and they purpose because I know what it feels like to to share your dreams and goals with people and they're just like, How you gonna do that? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know, but that's what I'm <laughs> going to do. And they're like, yeah, okay. And it's because they haven't seen themselves beyond mm-hmm. their own circumstances. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for them to see what you are talking about. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. Makes sense. What is your go-to scripture whenever you need encouragement?
2: Mm. My go-to is, yeah, my 29-11, and it's been for a while now. Yeah. I, anytime I feel as though what am I doing, why am I doing it, yeah. I go back to that and say, you know what, it was a plan for me before I even came to this earth. Yeah. I was purposed to be successful, not to fail. So yeah. even if I feel like I have fallen, I can give back up because maybe that, Trip was a part of my purpose. Yeah. To get to where I need to go. Uh, So that always encourages me and keeps me moving forward.
1: And then I have two um, questions left. So my first one is How can our Black Ghost of Purpose community best support the work that you're doing? Like, and, and how can they stay connected with you? Okay. Well, I love you guys. You you mm-hmm. all
3: already
2: support me, <laughs> but just let you know, sharing about whatever's going on with behind the confidence now, and I greatly appreciate it. So thank you all. Mm-hmm. Um, how like moving forward, maybe having. Um, A deeper partnership, maybe one day doing something together, either in person or online, Uh, you know, reaching more people together, making an impact, and how people can find me and stay connected. Um, My website is BehindTheConfidenceNow.com. You can subscribe there. I have newsletters that come out, keep you up to date with blog posts and events. Um, that are coming out and also um, Facebook and Instagram at BehindTheConfidenceNow.com to get your weekly dose of encouragement. Mm -hmm. I share articles on there and, you know, just keep the community vibrant and alive um, so that we are steadily walking in purpose and dropping our fears um, one fear at a time.
1: Yeah. Then what is one last takeaway you'd like to leave with our listeners? takeaway? You know, this is something,
2: uh, as I continue to walk in purpose and be who God called me to be, I started loving myself more. Yeah. Uh, in the past couple of months. I, was, I I I remember just walking out of work or walking out of church or um, coming from my meetup and saying, man, I really like the woman that I'm becoming.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I'm becoming the woman that I've always dreamed of. I'm becoming the woman that I prayed for. Like, to be able to say that for me, that is so powerful. So I want to leave everyone with Know that you're becoming the woman of your dreams. Nobody else has to say that to you. You can say that to yourself. I'm becoming the woman of my dreams. I'm becoming that woman.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and when you, when you feel like you've become that woman, you'll evolve to the next level of that woman.
1: That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I am, I don't know, it just feels like we've been sitting across the table from one another <laughs> just having coffee and talking, even though I don't drink coffee. I don't know if you drink coffee, but.
2: <laughs> no, I <I'm> do <in> tea. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, just, it, it it feels like a, it's a continuation of our relationship. And I am so excited for uh, members of our community to hear your story.
2: Yes, thank you again for the invitation. Um, this conversation was very reflective for me,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and and help and bless me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
2: I I pray that it bless everyone who hears it.
0: Hey, Purpose Peeps! Thank you so much for listening to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast for this week. I ask that if you enjoyed today's episode, you would leave us a five star review with a few comments on how this podcast is helping you. Also, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast if you have not already. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, just to name a few. So whether you're team iPhone or team Android, we've got something for you. That's all for this week. Here's to more purposeful and faith-filled living. It's never that easy to choose purpose. But I would die to my flesh, live a life of worship. I'm really, really, really trying to make it into heaven. I'm trying to hear him say two words like, Well done.